The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. What's coming up on today's experience? Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show, which have nothing to do with life, or do they? Because much of the things that we hear are basically lies and they're discouraging. So therefore, hearing sound effects may cheer you up. And now they have something to do with life. The review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think he is. Life lessons for our faith that we could actually use. Probably won't, but we could if we decide to be doers of the word and not just hearers. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? The joke that I told Captain Chris before proves... Sometimes you got to watch the joke. Also, Bible trivia for fake, and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes... I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian, going through the process of when you think, well, I've got this taken care of and I got this taken care of. And then you find out, oops, it's not taken care of. How do you respond? Do you walk that hand in hand with the Lord? Do you get frustrated? Do you take your ball and you go home? Do you crumple up paper and throw it all over the place? Something better or something worse? That's what we're talking about. How do you engage in life as life confronts you doing things that you've never asked it to do, good, bad, or indifferent? If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we encourage you to reach out to us. Don't let it die of loneliness. If you have a prayer request or a praise report, the very same thing. You just got to give us a call at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, Captain Chris will answer the phone, and then you will be... You can also text us at 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Standard rates apply, which I don't even know what that means. But anyway, you can still text 214-210-8483. Or you can email. No, you can really email during the show. No, I mean, really, you can do it during the show. You can email david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. David. That little ask, what is it? It's like an at sign, right? What is it? Is, is it got a name like 
I am an at sign. Is it, it's got like some kind of. I'm a I think it's just called the at sign. Is it the at sign? Well, that's kind of an interesting name. Anyway, David at that at sign thing at he must increase dot org, which also leads us to the website. We encourage you to check that out as well. On the website, there is video and audio that is uh, meant for encouragement. Also, an opportunity to download the app free. There's no cost to it. We don't share any information. Plus, if you have a praise report or a prayer request, you can list it on the site as well as you can invest in the kingdom of God if the Lord puts it on your heart to participate with this ministry financially. Fantastic. If not, you got to pray for us or I'm going to cry and I will take my ball and go home. So here's the bottom line. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. <laughs> it sounds, like, sounds like you're jumping off a cliff. Okay. Uh, all right. So we got a, a couple things we do want to cover today. Uh, let's see. We have our uh, read and ramble will be tomorrow. We're back. Uh, we're still in. Uh, I forgot where we are. <laughs> we're in something. And then we're in the book of Acts on expository, right? Something like that. Uh, you can keep praying for us because I had some really good devotions today. And I'm like, maybe we might consider looking at the book of Joshua. So that'd be a whole nother uh, element to go into. In the meantime, as we start this morning, first of all, there's no reason for you to start this day or any day in a spirit of fear. So some of you who are bound by fear, afraid of things that may or may not happen, I'll just let you know that fear is, you know, we, everybody knows false, false evidence appearing real. That's the acronym. But the reality check is that when you operate in fear, you're afraid of what's coming, not what's happened, because even something from the past that happens, you're still afraid of what it will yet do. So fear is always about what's coming, and fear is going in the opposite direction of faith in the context of what you believe the result will be. Faith believes that God will do for your benefit, fear believes that what comes will not be for your benefit. So in that mind, in that set, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And let's be aware that the Lord is on our side and for us, or he never would have saved us in the first place. So just like this, okay, hold on, relax, okay? Having said all that, let's get into the text. We are in Psalm 15. This is Psalm 15. And we'll be reading from verse 1. It says this. This is a psalm of David. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? So before you get too, like, specifically, legalistically, theologically, whatever, when it talks about God's tabernacle and it talks about God's hill, what, it's, what is it talking about? It's talking about the presence of God. Okay, it's just like in Psalm 23 when we get there, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's talking about being not in church forever. Okay, that's not what he's looking for. He's looking to be in God's house forever. There's a substantial difference there. And the idea behind this portion here is it's like, who can get there? Who can hang out with you? Who can dwell with you? And that phrase, by the way, abide and dwell, as we've talked about before, means to live, to live in it. So who can live in this place where your presence is? Many people believe that these references are directly a reference to the Ark of the Covenant where the presence of God was. And so in understanding this, it's a question. And here's something that a lot of people don't like the answer to. Ready? The answer to who can is first this, not everyone. 
What's that? Wait, what? Okay, not everyone gets to hang out in the presence of the Lord. Not everyone wants to hang out in the presence of the Lord. If you are a Christian who has that hunger, has that passion, has that thirst, you hear a passage like this, you know, who who abides in your tabernacle, who dwells in your holy hill, and you're like, I want to, I want to, me, 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 okay? There's some people that hear that and go, I have no interest whatsoever. If you're one of those people, I encourage you to come before the Lord and ask for a, 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 a newly created heart, because it just means you're hard-hearted. If you're one of those people that are hearing what I'm saying and you're like, yeah, that's me. I want to be that person. That just testifies to your salvation by itself in the Holy Spirit giving you witness. Yeah, I want God. I want more of God. I don't understand everything about God. I certainly don't get all the theology. Welcome to the Club of Humanity. But I want more of him in my life. And I want to walk closer to him. That passion, that desire, that drive inside you, that's a testimony from the Holy Spirit of God that you are one of his kids. The Spirit testifies that we are the children of God. Okay? And so it's like, who can get there? And then we go into the text, and we're going to get into this, of course, in the next segment. But it says, he who walks upright and walk, and he who walks uprightly who works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. Let me just say real quickly, before people uh, go the wrong direction, people that can dwell in the presence of the Lord, there's a there's a version where it says, he who's blameless, he who's you know, of perfection kind of mentality. None of that has to do with moral perfection, the way that we would interpret that. What it has to do with is the integrity of the person. Where is the person's at? Where are they heart? Where are they at? The Bible says that David and Job were blameless. But was David blameless? Let's just be honest. You know, he set up a murder. <laughs> he, he, he was an adulterer. He's a liar. He's an assassin. Is he, was he blameless? No. But the integrity of his heart was right before the Lord in the sense that he did want to walk his life that way. He had failures, like we do. But the Bible identifies him as blameless. And we have that privilege of connecting to that. So we're going to kind of get into you know, how that breaks down. And I'm actually going to read somebody else's uh, smart. Okay, I'll just do it now. This guy, these people are so much smarter than I am. I have no problem telling you that. Leading a blameless life, this exact expression in Hebrew occurs three in the Hebrew text occur three other times. Psalm 84, 11, uh, Psalm 101, and then Proverbs 28, 18. Men like Noah, Job, and David are examples of such blamelessness. Blameless refers not to perfection, but to integrity, to an attitude of the heart that is desirous of pleasing God. It comes from Mark Futada, who's a, a great commentator in the book of Psalms, and he's using Van German uh, as some of his material. And what I'm trying to tell you is that when it talks about things like perfection, people in our society are like, literal, literal, literal. Well, as you're going to see when we get into Matthew next week, literal does not mean pull your eye out of your head socket. It does not mean cut your actual arm off, or there'll be a lot of people walking around in the kingdom of God with one eye and one hand. That is not the goal. 
The goal is to communicate what the message is. That's what we're standing by. Keeps it simple. We'll come back and finish up on what this means and how it applies. We're going to take our break here. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. The David Spoon Experience. There was a pastor. Now, I use that word with some reservation. Having been involved in uh, ministry and having the privilege of planting seven churches uh, throughout the United States and having three separate ordinations, I have a tremendous amount of respect for people who commit their lives into ministry. Uh, But whenever there's somebody on television or anywhere else that uh, is a nut job, then uh, I just call it like I see it. Okay, now that's what I call it. Call it like I see it. On the Sean Hannity show, uh, roughly about uh, two weeks ago, a reverend, so-called reverend Oliver White was on the show, and uh, Reverend Wright said this, and I'm going to repeat it because some of these things are just unbelievable. He said that Jesus was wrong about marriage. At least he didn't have the audacity to say he never said anything about marriage. He said Jesus was wrong about marriage and that marriage should be more than between a man and a woman. And then he proceeded to say this statement, ladies and gentlemen. He said this. Now, this isn't even the thing that's irritating. Then he proceeded to say this. If Jesus were alive today, he said, he would say, I didn't know it all. This is a man who's supposed to be representing Jesus Christ as a minister. This guy's no minister. And if you want to say, well, that's judging, I'll take that judgment all day long. All day long, I'll take that judgment, no matter what anybody says. Here's a guy that says two things. One, Jesus was wrong about marriage. Two, if Jesus were alive today, any person who proclaims or professes to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and questions whether Jesus Christ is alive today or not is not a minister, but a false teacher. I don't care. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you think that's mean. That's irrelevant. Facts are facts. And here's the thing that just overwhelms me. This overwhelms me, ladies and gentlemen. Any person who is in public office, now this goes with this, all three, three of these things go together. Any person who is in public office who changes their convictions about same-sex marriage because another family member has made a decision to go into the lifestyle of being gay or lesbian, any person who changes their convictions, their biblical Christian convictions, based on another family member changing their status uh, into a, a gay or lesbian lifestyle, and then that person then changes their Bible convictions to, uh, to accommodate their family member is not fit to be a Christian. That's right. I said it. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here we go with our very first trivia question of the day. True or false... Nothing weird here, just true or false. 
Jesus' tomb was in a garden. Hmm. Very interesting question, Dave. Thank you. Uh, Jesus' tomb was in a garden. If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972 445 You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email David at he must increase.org. In the meantime, we will do our DNA because we think it's very important to do our DNA, understand what we're made of and how that functions for us on a regular basis. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily, which means every day that ends with Y. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Why is that? Because Jesus will be ashamed of you. He said, if you're ashamed of me and my words, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which means that you are ready to serve, which means that you are, watch this, ready to serve. It really has to do with our hearts and our mindsets going through the day, thinking of others, considering others, contemplating how we might be a blessing for others and being used by God and not just focusing on us, 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 us. Even if you've got... Let me say it nicely. Even if you've got your job, your kids, your spouse, your you know your immediate things and things you're going to, I get it, but there's always space to crack open a little bit where you can be considering how others may be doing as well. We typically call that selflessness, which is the opposite of selfishness. Get it? Less or fish. You see what I'm saying? All right, we'll go through the trivia question one more time, and then we'll get into the teaching. True or false, Jesus' tomb was in a garden. True or false, you can call 972-445-0770, text 214-210-8483, or send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. Let's go back to our text. Great, great, great text. Psalm chapter 15, verse 1, it says this. Did we miss anything? We're on target, right? Okay. All right, uh, this, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? Now, David's going to give an answer, and I want you to follow the sequence here. In in these next couple of verses, he's going to say three somewhat positive, three negative, and the three positive are all self-oriented, and the three negative are neighbor-oriented. It's just really, if you like, what? It's like you don't think about those things when they're, but they do it. It's like that's how they write. That's their style. So it says this Who may dwell in or abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. Here's the three positive. He who walks uprightly. Now, again, that word uprightly means blameless. It doesn't mean perfection, but it does mean integrity of your heart and right spirit towards the Lord. So you are walking uh, in a capacity of a genuine desire to be upright before God. Remember, because of sin, man fell. Did he fall physically to the ground? He fell morally. So this is the exact opposite of getting back up, so to speak, and walking uprightly. That's number one. He who works righteousness. Well, what does that mean? It means the opposite of he who works devious plans. What are devious plans? Uh, check, check government. <laughs> In other words, there's all these weird plans and stuff that's going on nobody knows about. That's devious plans. You don't do that. 
Okay? You don't do what they do. You do what God tells you to do. And then he who speaks the truth in his heart. What this means is two things. One, the person that you as a person are real. And two, you're not deluding yourself. I have no problem saying to any one of you at any time, I am a mess, period. But I am God's mess. And that's where I stand. I don't have any problem telling you that the truth of my heart is I, I look at my own sins and I dis, I'm disgusted with my sins, to be quite honest about it, any of them, because I really believe they're offensive to God. Even the simplest things, I just think in his perf- perfection, it's offensive. But I also stand in his forgiveness. You may as well be honest about it. If you're going to be a Christian, you are saved by the redeeming work of Jesus Christ and not by your brilliance, period. Okay, got it. That's what it's talking about. Truthful in your heart, real to yourself, real before God. Remember, if you're deluding yourself, you're lying to God too because he knows what's going on inside of you. So he who speaks uprightly, he who works righteousness, and he who spooks, speaks, spooks, that's just terrible. He who speaks the truth in his heart. And then he goes to these next three. He, listen to this, he uh, who does not, backbite with his tongue. You don't cut people down behind their back saying, oh, this person's really like this. As soon as they walk out the door, you're like, can you believe it? You know, that person. Don't be that person. That's wrong. Nor does evil to his neighbor. You can sum up six of the Ten Commandments just by saying, don't be evil to your neighbor. Because Don't lie, don't steal, don't cheat, <laughs> all that stuff. And then it says, nor takes up a reproach against his friend. Kind of like two-timing on the friend kind of thing. Backstabbing the friend even though the person's committed to you. Don't do that. Okay? All right. The trivia question, because we wanted to make sure we answer that. The question was or is, true or false, Jesus' tomb was in a garden. The answer is true. True. Thank you very much. All right. We're going to take our break and then come back. We're at break time, right? Yeah? Okay. No, we're not? What am I? How far off am I? I, Really? Did I go off that far? What's wrong with me? Okay, let's go back. (laughs) What happened? My timing is off. I thought we were exiting at 52 for some reason. I don't know what it is. What happened? Did I just lose it? All right. So that was the trivia answer. Now we'll go back to the rest of that text. Thank you very much. Okay. Verse 4. In whose eyes a vile person is despised. You know, like, in other words, a right, upright person doesn't like a vile person. You know, somebody who's vile. Think of television. Think of somebody who's vile. Think of a movie and think of somebody who's vile. Right? You despise that. That's not good because they don't like that. But you honor those who fear the Lord. And that's right there to love your neighbor as you love yourself mentality. Do you and I honor those who fear the Lord? Doesn't say who has the same denominational background. Doesn't say who thinks the exact same way. David said, I'm a companion to all them that fear you. Every person that has an acknowledged fear of the Lord David was a friend to. And look at what he says in this verse, in in Psalm 15, verse 4, honor those who fear the Lord. Maybe they think differently. Maybe you think differently than me. I hope so. (laughs) Especially because I went early on a break for like the first time in five years. Thank you very much. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is people who fear the Lord, they deserve your honor because you know what? They're your brothers. They're your sisters. Not for a holiday, but for an eternity. See that? That's like, what? That's huge. 
Yeah, of course that's huge. He who swears to his own hurt. Listen to this. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. You make some kind of commitment and you fulfill it. <gasps> what? Oh, but that's going to be so inconvenient for me to do because then I can't stop and get my coffee. See that right there? But if I get there on time, I won't get my bagel. <laughs> See? That's what the Lord's talking about. That's the kind of person he wants to do better. And then he says this, and this might be the, 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 what is that? The, the, not crudite, the, like the biggest, like the big thing. I think it's the cherry on the cake or something like that, or the cherry on top. But there's like that cherry. Okay, cherry on top. Uh, it says, he who does not put out his money at usury, but, uh, but nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. In other words, People that use their money use it not just to get money back for themselves, but they use it to be a blessing to other people. Some people give out their money, and usury is like excessive interest. And so when they're doing that, it's excessive interest that takes place. And the whole point is that the person's greedy. I was like, don't do that. And don't take a bribe against the innocent. Never, never get paid for changing your character. Don't ever receive a payment for becoming something you really aren't or don't want to be. And the reason is because if you allow money to sway you or some kind of bribe to sway you, you're only as good as that bribe. So if, uh, if it's finances, if it's a job, if it's a person, you're only as good as that if you let that change your life. Get that? That's really good. It's like, oh yeah, that makes me only as good as that. So David goes through that whole to go through that whole psalm. He listens. He says, "Look, who's going to hang out with the Lord? Who's going to dwell on the holy hill?" Now, look, we already know that the true righteousness, the true blamelessness, comes only from the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. But from a character point of view, an integrity point of view, a, a, a walking before the Lord with the right spirit point of view, it's the person who walks uprightly, works righteousness, and speaks the truth in his heart doesn't backbite with his tongue, doesn't do evil to his neighbor, doesn't take up a reproach against friends, isn't kind of like a backstabber underneath, but honors, in, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but honors those who fear the Lord. Make a distinction between people who are righteous and people who are not. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change, willing to suffer loss to make sure that the person's word is good. He does not put out his money at usury, excessive interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent, recognizing that the person would only be as good as the bribe. And then it says, he who does these things shall never be moved. And the reason that they will never be moved is because they're living in God's tabernacle and in his holy hill, which is his presence. Okay? Now we have an exit, right? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus' tomb was in a garden. True! Thank you very much. All right, folks, we're going to take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. 
To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? I did what most Christian men would do when they make a mistake it's their fault. There's nothing but humiliation on your face, and you're trying to recover in the moment. And you know what I did? I blamed it on every possible unseen force except for myself. You have chosen wisely. <laughs> so guess who knocked that uh, crystal light on that white carpet? It was Satan, by golly. Well, it was at that moment. Because it certainly wasn't my fault. I didn't knock the, the crystal light all over. It was my glass. I did pour it. I did bring it to the table. And somehow fell on the, the carpet and spread everywhere. And by golly, I wasn't going to take the blame for it. Because that would be taking personal responsibility. Well, I'm not taking personal responsibility. After all, that $500 deposit we just had that we were hoping to get back when we move out is uh, already down to 200 <laughs> And it was dropping by the dollar as the stuff was spreading. <laughs> 